Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is previously live. I hear this with you guys all the times, so you know. You, you, oh, you, these guys. Yeah, these oh, guys. You have, hold on, you have the tough questions at your hands. And whenever you don't have a good answer, you go back to the same talking points. Anti-imperialism this, you know. Anti-America this. Corporations that. But you don't give a fuck so about any of this. You're a bunch of people and you're not dealing with me. You don't care. You don't have solutions. It seems like you're trying to move away from this topic. No, I'm trying to keep you from, this is my thing. You don't have an answer to half your dumb shit COVID vax question, you know, like, why the I mean, corporations like, fire people? And then you bring not. up, like, well, people get fired in general. I know people get fired in general. That's how our economy works. You brought it up. Can you hear me well? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Let me just make sure my stream can hear you. Uh, can you guys hear and let, let me know in the chat? Hold on. I think uh, judging uh, judging from the uh, the contrast between your mic here and your mic on your stream, I wonder if Discord is picking up the right microphone. Would you mind checking that for me? Sure. Why does it sound echoey on your end? Uh, it just it just sounds like a low like the a default low quality laptop mic or something like that. As opposed uh, yeah, to, that's because uh, I'm, I'm using my phone. Oh, is that all right for the Discord call? Yeah, I'm using my phone for the Discord call. Is that all right? Oh, that's fine. If it's what works with your setup, that's fine. Just uh, just trying to optimize with what we have. You do sound well enough. All right, sounds good. Yeah, so um, you want to talk about mandates, jab mandates? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, it was it was a couple of things, right? Uh, the um, so for context, you know, I encountered you when you posted a Twitter clip where it was um it was me saying i was a uh, uh, an antifa informant right yeah yeah i um i really do have to ask though you didn't think that was like serious when you posted that clip right like you recognize i don't know if it was i don't know if it was um right now i can tell you i can't prove that at the end of the day what matters is the things that you say on your show um and so people should just make their judgments off of that. I can't prove whether you're an informant or not. I hope that's clear. Like I can't, I can't debate you on that. Like I, I would have to show evidence for that. Oh yeah, no, you you couldn't. Um, it's it's just like you know, it's kind of like a, a cycle because you know people call me CIA, you know, backed by the State Department. Usually people politically aligned with you, right? Do you think it's it's fair to say you're kind of politically aligned with the? jimmy Dore gray zone crowd right like like you would be fine with me saying you're you're sort of in a, in a similar wedge of the political space um i would go case by case because there are some stuff that we agree on but not not everything uh, i was covering the COVID stuff before jimmy and the gray zone were um i would have to sit down and like make a list and see like what checks off and what doesn't check off. Gotcha. Well, apparently you got you got like a yoinked from YouTube for it, didn't you? Or, or something like that. I remember when I tuned into your stream, you were saying uh, you'd gotten in some kind of trouble for your COVID takes. Yeah, I got, a, I got a strike when I talked about Joe Rogan having Sanjay Gupta. But other channels talked about it also, but their, their channels didn't get yoinked or didn't given a strike. Um, I got a strike. Uh, or... Yeah, I got a strike. 
I still have a warning. I can't remember what the other reason was. Gotcha. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, what, what's your name, by the way? Because chat's, uh, you know, chat You can was... call me Franco. Franco of Frank Nemesis. Yeah. And they also want to know your pronouns, so they're not uh, uncouth. Uh, I go by he, him. All right, thank you. They're uh, they're they're touchy about that sometimes. Anyway, yeah, it's it's just there's there's this narrative, um, or it gets repeated. I don't know how much of it is is satirical. That I'm like CIA, FBI, State Department, et cetera, et cetera. So at this point, I pretty much just lean into it, you know, because it's it's quite funny. Given that I'm just a YouTuber, I mean, I just record videos out of my house. The idea that I'm part of some big, like, government operation is 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 really, really funny. So that was the reason why, you know, the informant comments. Um, comments like that, similar ones at least, we make pretty often, I think. Yeah, well, again, I'm not here to debate you on that. Like, I, I, I don't have evidence to back that up. No, no, yeah, I'm just explaining it. But you, you want to talk about uh, the Fauci ouchie, as it were. Yeah. Um, well, I'm here to talk about some articles, peer-reviewed articles, some other evidence I've come across, and I want to get some of your thoughts on that. Uh, but I also want to ask you a question first, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, hit me up. Um, so you debated or had a discussion with Michael Tracy back in, I think it was like June last year about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And you were... You were of the stance that the gatherings that were happening outside for Black Lives Matter were not contributing to the spread of COVID. Yes, that seemed so to be the case. Okay, you still stand by that? Uh, I haven't looked at the data since that debate. At the time, the d the data did favor that. I don't know if anything's changed since then. Okay. So, do you think that gatherings like that should continue? Well, I think if it's for the right cause, you know, I think the Black Lives Matter stuff was severe and immediate enough that it warranted those protests. I don't think they had a negative effect on COVID transmission either for a couple of reasons. First of all, they're almost always outdoors, those protests, you know, back when they were really happening. A lot of people did distance and wear masks within them. Obviously, you know, the, the pictures that we took of the, the, the BLM protests were mostly of like the biggest ones where people are packed in on city streets, but a lot of them were a lot more, um, you know, spread out. And then finally, the existence of major protests discourages other people from going outside of their houses because they're afraid of their safety, which is a pretty common thing during protests. So it had an adverse effect on other people's virus transmission. All right. Sorry, I was saying a civil water. So you don't think it contributed to it because people were masking up. It was outside. So do you think that if people go outside and stuff, should they be showing like their vaccine passport? To go outside? No, probably not. That, yeah. seems, that seems a bit excessive, I think. Okay. What about outside concerts and stuff, like gatherings like that? Um, I guess, I mean, the COVID uh, card mandates are, are, are done on a state-by-state -state level. If there was a state that mandated that in order to go to a concert, like in order for a concert venue to be hosted, you need to present that, I don't know if I'd be against that. I think that'd be acceptable, yeah. Okay, so no, no, um, no requirements for vaccine if you go to an outside concert. 
No, you don't have to show your vaccine passport for that. No, I'd be uh, I'd be fine with a state with with a state doing that. Yeah, to to make it so that oh, if you went to one, you would have to show a uh, a, a, pa a vaccine passport. Okay, so I'm on the stance that uh, people should be able to weigh out their their options. Like, if they think that they can have they be allergic to something on it um, in the vaccine, they shouldn't have to take it. Or even if they see that there's a risk, given things that we've seen in bears, uh, even the CDC acknowledging that myocarditis is a risk, as well as other adverse effects, if there's a possibility of people getting a negative adverse effect, they should have the freedom to choose whether they get the vaccine or not. Well, they do, don't they? Is that, is that a fair stance? Oh, sure. Yeah, they have the freedom to. The government doesn't currently mandate we take any vaccine, as far as I know. It's only a prerequisite for accessing certain institutions. So, so you don't think that everybody should get a vaccine? Well, I think everyone who can should. I think the number of people who have adverse effects or have a risk for adverse effects is very low. One of the reasons we need everyone to get a vaccine is because those few people who can't are that much more vulnerable, right? They tend to have um, uh, immunodeficient diseases, so we need to be that much more careful with them. Okay. So why should somebody lose their job if, say, they don't want to take the vaccine? Why should others' uh, co-workers be put at risk by being exposed to a person who refuses to inoculate themselves? So how do you, how do you know that they're at risk from that unvaccinated person if they can also get it from a vaccinated person? Because unvaccinated people, it seems, are more likely to transmit it. Uh, not by a tremendous amount, admittedly, uh, since... Um, Delta and Omicron, even vaccinated people are transmitting it a good bit more. Uh, but an unvaccinated person is also a, um, an incubus for a much greater likelihood of vaccine, or sorry, of COVID mutations. So it goes beyond just, you know, whether you can get it in that moment and also goes towards sort of broader um, social concerns. I also think there's something worth saying here about like the right of the employer, right? Um, I feel like if I was employing, not incubus, sorry, uh, you know, a Petri dish, um, I feel like um, if I was an employer, you know, I probably wouldn't want to have unvaccinated people working for me. If they're more likely to get sick, they're more likely to die. Um, they have, you know, other consider, e even if they do get sick with the same likelihood, they're more likely to be in the hospital. I mean, it's just, it seems like a huge liability. Um, we should probably be encouraging everyone to be getting vaccinated. Okay, so let me show you something from The Lancet. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't mind showing my my screen real quick so you guys can see, people on your screen can see what I'm... Uh, just link it, link it over to me and I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look. I'll follow along. I'm a good listener. Give me a second because I have a lot of stuff here. Gotcha. Pick it up. Copy and paste over to you. I sent it to your Twitter. Gotcha. So straight from the Lancet. All right, let me see. Community transmission and viral load kinetics of the SARS-CoV-2 Delta variant in vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals in the UK, a prospective longitudinal cohort study. Yeah, um, let, me, let, me, let me share the, the main thing here. Mm -hmm. Um,
Um, so over in the interpretations, vaccination reduces the risk of Delta variation infection and accelerates viral clearance. So that's in the individual, mm -hmm. right? Nonetheless, fully vaccinated individuals with breakthrough infections have peak viral loads similar to unvaccinated cases and can efficiently transmit infection in the household setting, including to fully vaccinated contacts. So you, your protection may be reduced, but your chances of getting it from an unvaccinated or unvaccinated person, there's no significant difference there, according to this study. Um, let me see. Peak viral loads similar to unvaccinated cases and can efficiently transmit infection in household settings, including fully vaccinated. Host virus to infection may shape the entire viral. I don't think this means... Um, I don't think this means that the the likelihood is identical. And in household settings, kind of suggests you know the intimacy of of like a, a shared interior space. I think this is only saying that with Delta, fully vaccinated people can transmit the disease to other people, which, which is true, of course. But you know you're going to see lesser um, expressions of this problem at basically every level. If everyone in a workplace is vaccinated, fewer people are likely to get the disease, to transmit the disease, to experience severe consequences of those disease, everything, you know. Um, whereas if there are some people who aren't vaccinated, the risks just go up generally. So you said a key word there, and you're right about that. They're not identical, but they found no significant difference. So the likelihood of you getting that from a vaccinated or unvaccinated person, there's no difference. Your chances of, like, the vaccine is, like, for yourself, your chances of getting it, that may be reduced. Okay. So you understand what I mean? Like, there's two different things. What happens to you and whether it can be transmitted, whether an unvaccinated or, unvaccinated or a vaccinated person can transmit it to you. I'm not sure if the study necessarily says that. Um, the... Um... The only the only thing I'm seeing here that says indicates no significant difference is saying it does not necessarily indicate no significant difference. I think what this is essentially saying is that in in household environments, at least, so we can we can extrapolate this to non-household environments to an extent. But um, even with uh, even with you know uh, a person who's vaccinated, the viral load can become significant enough at peak that you can have you know. Uh, significant rates of transmission, but I don't think this is an indication that all of the variables are identical or perfectly aligned, that you're as likely to get sick or as likely to transmit the disease yourself. Um, you know? Do you know how likely someone is to get a, get the disease from a vaccinated versus unvaccinated person? From this study or in general? I imagine there in are general. plenty of different studies that have different... Uh, different numbers there do you have any right now on hand that you can use to back up your claim no it's the claim that there is a difference in the viral transmission of vaccinated and non-vaccinated people mm -hmm. keep, keep in mind that what we're looking at here is only the case if the vaccinated person in question actually gets sick uh with that high of a viral load we're talking about a sick vaccinated person but that's much less likely to happen for a vaccinated person than an unvaccinated person. So in the in the conditions that we're looking in this study, we're looking at a sick vaccinated person and a sick unvaccinated person. But if unvaxxed people are much more likely to get sick, then there are you know pre-existing variables that aren't taken into account here. Do you know by how much they're more likely to get sick? Um, 
a person who is um uh who is uh, unvaccinated as opposed to vaccinated? Yeah. I think they're at least twice as likely, given the same conditions, to get sick. Depends on whether you've had the booster or not. Now, Omicron, of course, is resetting these numbers a good bit. Okay, so that that's just your speculation, though. Like, we got to look at what the evidence says to back that claim up. Right. Do you have contrary information? I have some uh, evidence here that I can show you. Like, here is from Public Health Scotland. Hmm? Um, we're seeing here... Uh, the age standardized rate of acute hospital admission. So these are people that went to the hospital. Uh, this was broken down on the last American Vagabond in more depth where you can see that he calculated the percentages and everything. Uh, we see, what do you notice from the numbers here? Do you see that people that received two doses, there's more people that well, went I to would, the hospital? I would need to see the study first. Okay. You want, right, right, right. Let me send that to you. I forgot you're not watching my stream and I don't have you on as a guest. My apologies. Um, let me get that for you. All right, so I sent that to you. Thank you kindly. Yeah, so you go to page 41. Page 41, my goodness. I know. All it's right, hit me up. Uh, so yeah, you see the numbers, right? You see that the numbers are higher in the people that are that received two doses, the hospitalization numbers, hospitalization admissions. Yeah, but is this per capita? Or is this just like a flat number? Wait, where's the, I it see- It says no, tenderized hospitalization rate per, per 100,000. 100, with 95% confidence variables. Well, if we're taking a look at the standardized rate, it's lower for the two-dose people than for the unvaccinated people. Um, by standardized hospitalization rate, do they mean relative to the proportion of the population that has that many people of that level of vaccination? It's per 100,000. Per 100,000 of the general population or per 100,000 of that group with that level of vaccination? Of that group. Of that group. Um, let me see. Let's see. Per 100,000. I, I want to know that. Where does it say? Let me see. Um, age standardized hospitalization rates are per 100,000 people per week as standardized to the 2013 European standard population adjusted to only include individuals 16 or over. I think this is just general population. I don't know if this is the specific hospital group. Um, even if it was, though, the numbers go down significantly. If you look at the booster or third dose, the numbers down here are abysmally low. Uh, five, six, well, three, and two per hundred thousand. And it's because there's less people in the population that took the third boost. But if it's per I mean, capita, that wouldn't matter, boost. right? If it's per capita, yeah, it wouldn't matter. But that's something I got to look into. But the thing I want to show you here is that there are people that are double dose that are getting this, right? Well, well, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not denying that. But all, all the numbers, including the ones that we're looking at right here, seem to indicate that if you get the more COVID shots that you get, the less likely you are to be sick, to be hospitalized. In terms of hospitalization rates, the likelihood of being hospitalized is way higher if you're not vaccinated. I think like these numbers are, are massively higher. Again, I think these are standardized just per the general population, which is the reason why 
the number for the booster or third dose is so low in part because it's smaller relative to the number of people who have just had the two doses. I would have to see their methodology. But if we're looking at like relative levels of hospitalization, the rate is way, 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 way worse for unvaccinated people. And then if you look at death, that is even wor even even more bad than that, you know? Do you have evidence to back that up, though? Because oh. you're, just, you're just telling me that you think, so I would have to see where the, this is coming from. Sure, Otherwise, one second. One moment. Um, let's see, hospitalizations, COVID, vaxxed versus unvaxxed. I've seen quite a bit of data to uh, this effect. Chat, if you would like to provide um, any fine data points here. Let me see. Um, COVID-19 case rates among 35 to 64-year-old individuals are four times higher in the unvaxxed population than in the fully vaxxed population. Uh, let's see, case rate, okay, that's 65 and older over there. Hospitalization rates, yeah, here we go. Okay, this is from the uh, Department of Health. Let me send this over to you on Twitter. Um, let me get, take this look right here. Um, so if you scroll down to... Um, page five, that's where things get started with the fancy graphs right here. Um, it talks first about the um, COVID-19 case rating for different age groups. Young people, it's three times higher if you are unvaccinated. Uh, for middle-aged people, it's four times higher. And for oldies, it's seven times higher. For the hospitalization rate, uh, it's, it's for young people 12 times higher, then 18, then 13 times higher respectively, for between unvaccinated and vaccinated people. A pretty significant difference. If we look at deaths, then it goes up to 15 uh, times higher in general, which is, you know, quite bad. Okay, so this is from Department of Health, um, Washington State, okay. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is from my state. Okay, and... Do you know how they, they tested the presence of COVID? Do they use PCR tests? Uh, let me see. Of what relevance is that, out of curiosity? Uh, there's been a lot of false positives that have been reported with PCR, but the one from Scotland also uses that. A lot of countries use PCR, but something to take note of is that it produces a lot of false positives because you are, let's say there's small fragments of the virus that are that's present. With polymerase chain reaction, you're amplifying the DNA, sometimes a hundredfold. So sometimes you're getting tested positive for something that's not even there, or something that's been killed, or there's just small traces of the RNA strands. The, the issue is that since we're using relative proportions, even if that type of COVID uh, spotting had a bias, uh, it wouldn't affect this data. Because we're talking about the relative proportions between different groups. If there was a propensity for false positives, uh, then it would, at least to some extent, proportionally affect the results. There's no false positive bias that would lead to consistent multiple times increases in the uh, COVID-19 rate for unvaccinated people across every age group to this degree with such consistency. I mean, I, I don't like it would, that wouldn't be a false positive. That would have to be like a, like a, uh, you know, like a government conspiracy to, uh, you know, to, to hide all the numbers and data and all that crap. 
So you want to go back to the Scotland data that I sent, and you want to look at the death, uh, the number of confirmed COVID-19 related deaths on page 40, 48. 48. I love going to page 48. Let me see. Number of confirmed COVID-19 related deaths by vaccination status at time of test and age standardized mortality rate per 100,000. Um, let's see. And then we have these time periods, age standardized, uh, death rate, death rate, death rate, death rate. The booster and third dose have a remarkably low number of deaths. Um, the first dose have, have very little in total, but higher proportional amounts, probably because fewer people are just one dose. All right, what are we looking for here? There's a high number of people that have died who took two doses. So it's not really protecting them that much. From... Uh, well, I'm pretty sure that it is. First of all, if we're looking at the booster or third dose, it pretty clearly says right there. Um, in terms of the per capita numbers, it looks like there's some variance here depending on the time period. But I have to admit, where wait, where is this data from? Public Health Scotland. I, I wonder about this. The number okay. of deaths here listed are very small. We've had 800,000 deaths in the United States. I know Scotland has fewer COVID cases and fewer people. Oh, that's people. because they're looking at it week by week since November 13th. Yeah, but week by week, we lose thousands of people. Past four weeks. Or I'm just saying week by week, but we if lose... You add up all the deaths, though. If you add up all the deaths, the number's going to be higher. Right, right. But if we're looking at it week by week, the U.S. loses thousands of people every week, every day, tens of thousands every week to COVID-19. Whereas these numbers for the entire week of November 13th to November 19th, 2021, add up to across all the groups less than 100, which is odd to me there's a lot of data so out you, there on did the, you see that it's tens of thousands of deaths in the u.s every week i'm sorry where where did you find that it's ten thousand deaths in the u.s every week you can look up covid deaths in the u.s per week on well, just google i can type it up and i can see well you can you can see it if you can see it you can see a chart COVID deaths, and then if you roll over it, you get a seven-day average. Let me, let me look that up. I am, I am overstating. I am overstating tens of thousands. Right now, it's, um, okay. it's, it's in the several thousands um, per... Um... Several thousands, okay. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. My bad. Seven-day average doesn't mean average of the week. Seven-day average means the past seven days divided by seven. I'm an idiot. Sorry. No, yeah, it would be um, right now the past... Yeah, no, 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 yeah. From December 28th, yeah, the seven-day average would indicate that it's been about 10,000 over the past week. Okay, yeah, I knew, I, knew the, I knew the numbers were higher than that. Yeah, um, about 10,000 in the past week, yeah. Okay. And do you know how many of these are from COVID versus with COVID? Well, they're listed as... So you, what you're doing right now is you're inferring conspiracy. Uh, these are listed as COVID-19 deaths. So what, what reason would you have to believe that they're not caused by COVID-19? Uh, they've stated that, here, let me show you the article where they've stated that. It's not really a conspiracy. I'm just going off of what I've seen reported. Um, so not this, not this Fauci thing. Uh, here, what counts as, as a COVID death? There is still no consensus about the exact number of people who have been killed 
by the disease. The official tally is more than 725,000. That was in October 21st, 2021. This is in political. Let me send that over to you. Oh, my bad. Uh, I forgot to send it over. What source are you reading from right now? This is on Politico. It says what counts as a COVID death. Maybe you can do it. So, of I course. Find it here. Right. Of course, there is going to be no way of determining objectively what exactly constitutes a COVID-19 death. You know, um, technically, like death from any cause is going to be really difficult to objectively determine. If you're hit by a car, you know, and later you die of heart failure, what do you list that as? Like concussive force, you know, vehicular accident, heart failure with COVID-19, you know, the disease causes a breakdown of your internal organs. Uh, if a person is damaged by something else, but then dies while having COVID-19, does the COVID-19 hasten their death? You know, did it cause them to be physically weaker? Would they have survived it if it weren't for the fact that they had COVID-19? There's always going to be some variance there, but from what everything I've seen, it seems like the current reporting of COVID deaths is fairly faithful to the death was caused by COVID. If they did not have COVID, okay, so they wouldn't have died. What you believe Right. Do you have any evidence to contradict that? No, I'm just saying that it's that it's it is inflated though. Right? How so? You, you, because they can count here. Let me show you this. This is from uh, Doctor Ngozi Izaik, and I can quote her here what she said. A single doctor? Huh? Is this a single doctor? Is this published anywhere? It is. It was. She. I forgot where she said this, but. I mean, you can, people can confirm this for themselves and make judgments off of this and do their own research, but... Well, we're, we're sharing, like, I thought we were looking at, like, datas and studies here. If we're going to claim that the number of COVID deaths is overinflated, I mean, I don't want, like, a one doctor. There are lots of doctors, you know. Is there any research? Like, why would, why would you believe that? I could, I could claim it's underinflated. She's a, she's a director of the Illinois Department of Public Health. And she's a person, not a single peer-reviewed article, right? I could claim that. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying this is something we should take with a grain of salt. So is it is it right if I just say what she said? Sure. But after you're done, I'm going to make the case that the number of COVID deaths is underreported. Okay. I'd like to hear your claim for that, mm -hmm. uh, and and what you say to back that up. But she said, I just I just want to be clear in terms of the definition of people dying of COVID. The case definition is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. That means that if you were in hospice and had already been given a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. Uh, it means technically, even if you died of clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. Is there any Everyone evidence of that claim? Evidence of that claim? Uh, let me find out. There's like case studies to that. I mean, single things that are important. Well, I would but, love to see some some evidence to that effect. Again, there's, there's no way to objectively determine what exactly killed a person in every instance. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were some cases where it may have been attributed to COVID. You acknowledge it's possible though, right? The reverse is also possible, but that doesn't prove a trend. See, I could say, for example, that... Okay, so, so one, one second. So you're saying that the reverse is possible and that somebody died of something else, but 
they had, could have had COVID, but they that a person could die of COVID, but not have the death attributed as such. I think that is also possible. That it's not counted as COVID? Yes. Okay. okay. Like, both could be the case. There's going to be variance in either direction. But if you have to prove a trend, you need more than just the knowledge that it could happen, right? So, for example, lots of old people die of COVID. How many people out there in the Midwest in America, 85-year-old boomers, died of COVID? You know, they just had a cough for a little while, wrapped it bad, died in their home bed that they've been sleeping in for 85 years, and then just got whisked off to the morgue, never had a doctor look at them? I'd be willing to bet probably a good number of people had a cough, then died, and it was never medically reported on. And it's not like they're doing autopsies and all these, you know, boomer bodies or whatever. Um, it's entirely possible that the numbers are off by a bit. But the best way to find out how many people have died of COVID-19 in America is by looking at excess mortality. That's the best way to do it. And those do reaffirm more or less the existing number of COVID deaths. Okay. Uh, one second, let me find my recent case study that I found from the garden. I got so many links up here. It's hard. It's hard. That's all right. I just I I wonder why. Like I I I wonder why you're looking at the information you're looking at. The idea that unvaccinated people die more often than vaccinated people to COVID nineteen is so unambiguously accepted everywhere that the the uh, the idea that you would try to challenge it is is very strange to me. It suggests to me that you're not interested in understanding the pandemic, you're interested in disproving it. You have biases that you're not taking into account when you look at this information. Right, so we can't really prove it one way or the other then, right? No, the excess mortality numbers pretty clearly you, indicate you that there's been example, a- If somebody could have died of something else and then it doesn't get counted as a COVID death when in reality it was a COVID death. Yes. But that was just an example you brought up, something you just, um, that you just, I don't know, made up in your head. I don't know, I don't know what else to call it because I didn't see like so the point that I'm making so, is that we can make cases in both directions, and the best way to settle that is by looking at the excess mortality numbers right. for the United States. So I would have to compile all these different case studies. So I sent you one. You don't need to compile um, case studies. Why? If 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 how, why actually, wait. I'll ask you. How many people do you think have died of COVID nineteen? Oh, I can show you that one second. Oh, we can easily look that up too. Um, I have it here somewhere. I can as well. It's what is it, eight hundred fifty thousand now? What do you think the number is for the United States? In the United States, it's between seven hundred, uh, something thousand to eight hundred thousand. Oh, sure. Yeah. Then we're talking about okay. It's not exactly the existing number, but yeah, okay. Yeah, we. Yeah, we, but you, a lot of those could be false positives for PCR. No, no, no. I mean, like, really died. Like, how many people have really, really died? died from COVID nineteen? with it, from it, that needs to be differentiated, right? I'm asking you to differentiate. Because of COVID-19, how many more people do you think have died that wouldn't have otherwise? I mean, one second. I'm trying to understand what you just asked. Um, can, you, can you repeat that again, please? Yeah, if it, how many people do you think died because of COVID-19? How many additional deaths did the existence of COVID-19 bring about? 
additional deaths as opposed to deaths that wouldn't have happened other like anyway. Okay, I get what you're asking. Uh, I don't know. I would have to look at the numbers. In it's just, to say. It seems odd to me, you know, that so many of the people who are anti-mandate and anti-vax are also like really weird about the reliability of the numbers concerning COVID. Like there's a holistic opposition they have to the whole business as opposed to, um, as opposed to, you know, sort of a principled evaluation of the information. I mean, convince me, I'm right? You know, information right here. I'm Fauci pilled, you know, I'm, I've gotten the ouchie. Why should I not, like, why should I oppose the mandates? Why should I oppose the vaccine? Like what, what, what about because my philosophy? You that risk exists of adverse effects. And I have, I have data here on how many people have died like the inf infection fatality, fatality rate. Um, if you want me to go over some of these studies that I have the here. Adverse effects, the adverse effects for the vaccine? No, no, no. I have infection fatality rate. So people who have died from COVID. Right. So, so no, we, we should prevent them from dying, right? Numbers. We were talking about just now about how many people have died from this. Well, oh, yeah. So how many people then? All right. Let me show you that real quick. Uh, let me share screen because it's it's another window. And then Allison, well, This is a study that was by um, Ioannidis on the European Journal of Clinical Investigation. If you can beat me to the punch and find him before I send it over to you. And there's another one also. Okay. So, it was published in the International Journal of Infectious Disease. What are we demonstrating with this? How many people have died from COVID? Because you asked how many people I think have died from it. This is giving us the infection fatality. Well, this first article that you've given me was published in late 2020, so I don't know. Right, but we can make an estimate, right? We can make an estimate of just the, the rate at which people are dying. Uh, no. Since then, the Delta variant and then the Omicron have come out. I don't think any of this, I, I, don't, I don't think it's relevant at all to the modern situation why why are you even looking at information this old because it gives us an idea of how many people die the infected fatality rate but we it already sense that the people who picked up natural having yeah. people vaccinated still haven't wouldn't that assume that their their chances of dying have been reduced if they picked up immunity the chances of people dying if they're fully vaccinated are still i think quite low but the chances of people who well, are unvaccinated dying you huh? saying I think, and you might be right, but you you can't just keep saying I think. You got to bring up evidence. So wait, hold, so wait, hold on. I I don't think this has anything to do with what I was talking about. When we're talking about how many people have died, don't you agree that seeing how many more have died in a country than you would expect is a good way of ascertaining the death toll of a pandemic? Because the excess mortality rate in the United States from March eighth, twenty twenty, to November twentieth, twenty twenty one is greater than the number of people who have died of COVID officially. The excess mortality rate is over 1 million. 
And I think to me, that actually is a pretty strong argument in favor of the idea that we're underreporting the number many, of people who die of COVID-19. Out of how many people that are in the world? And this isn't me underestimating, like, um, out of what? Like minimizing the deaths. Like, but like out of how many people though? Out of the population of the United States. Okay. So let, let's give it your estimate, right? 800,000 out of 170 million people. How much is that? 330 million. And it's the largest mass no, death no, no. event in American history. 330 million Americans? That's how many there are, isn't there? More or less. Okay. Because so, you just said that 170, not 170,000, 170 million Americans. So let's divide the number of deaths of people with the total number of the population. So what, what percentage is that? About 0.3%. 0.3%? More or less. Is there a point you're getting to? Uh, I'm saying that it's point, it's not 0.3%. It's point, there's at least two zeros after the decimal. It is not. 800,000 people out of about 330 million would be somewhere between 0.2 and 0.3%. I can, I can do the math really quickly. I'm not, I'm a liberal arts major. You'll have to forgive me. 800,000 divided by 330 million. This answer is not very helpful because it's telling me million is meters. Point zero zero two. So I was right in my when I said that it's so, two zero after the decimal. Right? You know that when you count things in percentages, you move the decimal point two to the right, right? So this would be zero point two four percent. So I, I said zero. I the calculation eight hundred thousand divided by three three. 330,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,024,
But because of the implicit coercive effects of the modern day economy, uh, you, you will lose your job if you do that. And you probably shouldn't do that. But I mean, that, that's life. What, so you're equating an offensive action with a person's choice whether to get vaccinated or not. Well, the N-word, to my knowledge, has killed zero people directly, whereas COVID-19 has killed almost a million people. So actually, I'd say that you're, it's like you're saying the N-word three times in a row really fast. I mean, you're like really running it out super quickly. So you're, you're assuming that it's the, it's the unvaccinated's fault that people are dying. It is because of the unvaccinated that the disease is... Uh, rampaging through our country to the extent Where that, it is, evidence yes. that it's because of the unvaccinated the That's fact that cases right. hospitalizations and deaths are all higher for the unvaccinated by a significant how degree. does that change the fact that it's the that it's the unvaccinated that are driving this because that just means that the unvaccinated are more at risk of dying from it because they're more Based likely to get it saying. as well they're also much more likely to we be just looked at the lancet study which showed that so people with who are unvaccinated or vaccinated have similar viral loads. If they're already sick, but unvaccinated people right. are far so more if likely sick, to get then you sick. Just stay home. If you're sick, then you stay home, right? No, because you can be you can transmit Viral the virus before you demonstrate any visible symptoms of infection. Do you know the significance of asymptomatic spread? Fairly significant. You're you're saying fairly significant, but you're not backing that up. Do you have I'm sorry, do you have any um data to suggest that asymptomatic spread is not something we should concern ourselves with? The, the burden is on you, right? We, the, the thing is, we okay, don't know. Then, then the I, no, we, we do know. It is a fact that you can spread the disease you're before it demonstrates any symptoms. You're not showing me how significant it is. What, so this is the problem that I have, okay? There's no evidence that I can show you. You've already made up your mind. You're asking me to provide evidence for things that have been like CDC mandate for two years now. Oh, and whereas every previous their, thing that we've gone through, like, like if I showed you proof of the severity of asymptomatic spread, then you would go, uh, okay. And then we'd move on to like the next thing. Like there's no point we're building to here. But then, but then you're, you're, you're helping, you're helping me, uh, look at what you're seeing. You're That's a remarkably me. charitable view of my view towards you. Uh, to be more realistic about my feelings towards you, so I genuinely not, don't think you give a fuck. Evidence of the significance of asymptomatic spread. If you if you don't know, then just say you we've, don't know. We've banned about so like forty. Okay. I know that it is. If you have here, Chad is. Oh, you're saying I know, but you're not providing anything to back it up. Here, all right. Here's a U Chicago study. Asymptomatic coronavirus infections contribute to over fifty percent of spread. Here, I'll send it to you over, over Twitter. Okay. There you go. Right there. Right, so it's an older started, article from before Omicron and uh, midway through Delta as well. So it's possible the effect is more severe now. All right. The research South team found Florida. the research team found that only fourteen to twenty percent of COVID nineteen individuals showed symptoms of the disease, and that more than fifty percent of community transmission was from asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic cases. So the fact that unvaccinated people are more likely to get sick does mean they are more likely to infect their coworkers. As health officials face another way to court, RS, of the proportion of infected cases that develop symptoms and the extent to which 
asymptomatic and asymptomatic cases contribute to community transmission. Recent asymptomatic testing guidelines are ambiguous. Using an epidemiological model that includes test capacity, we show that many infections are non-symptomatic but contribute substantially, okay, substantially to the aggregate. Their individual transmissibility remains uncertain. If they transmit as well as asymptomatic infections, the epidemic may spread at faster rates than current models often assume. They do not, then each symptomatic case generates on average a high number of secondary infections. Typically, regardless of controlling transmission, requires community-wide interventions formed by extensive well-documented asymptomatic testing. All right, so you provided one course. Would you like 39 <laughs> more, my good sir? 39? That's a bit of an... Bit this, this, this is what I mean. I mean like, we'll yeah, no, this is... It, it's <laughs> possible. We'll just say that it, it could be contributing. Okay. Hey, can we talk about the thing like that you actually care about? Because I know it's not COVID. Like, what is the actual issue at hand here? Why are you, why are you changing the subject? Here? I'm I'm where, not. Where the, the main the, thing that we're talking about the actual. Is that I'm against I'm against mandates because there is a possibility of risk, right? What risk are you talking about? All right. Let me let me show you. Wait. Are Do you, you talking about, about the risk of vaccine? Do you know about, yes, if you get the vaccine, there's a risk that you can get certain adverse effects. Okay, what is the likelihood of that adverse effect taking place? As long as a possibility exists, it should not be mandated. It People is not mandated. There are also... Jobs if, they, if, they have, if they don't get the vaccine. You realize there are adverse effects for the other vaccines that people get when they're infants, right? Like the ones, the like 17 vaccines. Yeah, and vaccines. that's why people are given a choice and you don't have to show your your vaccine status when you go inside a restaurant. You can't go to school without those vaccinations. One second. And school is legally necessary. You need to be able to attend school. You need an education. For, for like uh, the measles and all that. And those have been around for how long? Uh, varyingly some 20, 30, 40, 100 years. Okay. They have adverse effects. The long-term you know. effects of those are known. And? It's, more, it's a bit more conclusive than what we have here with these vaccines. This which is... What I have up here, I'm showing you, um, clinicaltrials.gov for Pfizer, the BioNTech vaccine. Clinical trials do not end until May 15, 2023. Okay. A, here's their emergency use authorization document. On page 52, vaccine-enhanced disease, available data do not indicate a risk of vaccine-enhanced disease and conversely suggest effectiveness against severe disease within the available follow-up period. However, risk of vaccine-enhanced disease over time, potentially associated with waning immunity, remains unknown and needs to be evaluated further. Yeah, in and how do you... And in observational studies, that could be conducted following authorization and or... How do you think we learned that data for the earlier vaccines. Clinical trials, people you, were told. Wait, do you, do you think we did four, hold on. Do you think we did 40 years of clinical trials for all of those other vaccines that we now give to children before? Like It certainly, it certainly wasn't just a few months and then forcing people to take it and that they- Hold on, if they don't wait, take stop, it, wait, stop, 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 hold on. We need to go through this one at a time. First of all, 
you already said that any risk is too much, which means that that opposition would include the vaccines that everyone gets when they're born. Additionally, you know, if you think some vaccine risk is acceptable, fine, but you said none is. Already, you can't go to school if you don't have those vaccines. You know, they're given to you essentially at birth. Secondly, the reason why this vaccination production took less time is because we've developed. Technology has moved on. This is a good thing. The idea that the vaccines right now are less reliable than the ones that came out a century ago is this not is the true. First time they're using mRNA vaccines. First of all, that, first of all, the, the no, it's not. That's to be that's not true. But first of all, in order to develop these vaccines. they were put on emergency authorization after evidence was found that they were acceptable. And so far, all the available evidence shows they are as safe or more safe than we expected them to be. The likelihood of getting hurt via those vaccines is infinitesimally small compared to the likelihood of getting hurt by the ongoing pandemic. So by any, you know, um, virologist standard, that is a victory right there. The mRNA vaccine model production is not this new scary thing that's never been shown or tested before. You don't get it, and I don't get it, because we're not epidemiologists, but that doesn't mean it's untrustworthy inherently. And I've trusted a hell of a lot more than a vaccine that came out in the 40s. Based off of how we know our bodies, but let me go on and show you Wait, I'm sorry, could you repeat that sentence? Wait, what was that? said so we can make judgments based off of knowing how our bodies react to things. No, many, actually, many, people, are, many is, people have autoimmune diseases, right? No, a lot you, of autoimmune diseases are underreported. Knowing how your body works does not mean that you have any meaningful information on the development of or safety of a vaccine. Why can't you make judgments on yourself? Like many people, did you know many people are allergic to polyethyl, polyethylene glycol? And don't even know it. You can make judgments about yourself. That doesn't mean you can make judgments on the vaccines and then themselves. And then also consult with a doctor. You can do that. The number of people who have conditions which make them vulnerable. Is that, why is that not okay? Why is, not what, why is what not okay? Why is it not okay to consult with a doctor, perform your own research, and then make a judgment on, on, your, on your own on whether it's okay for you to get the vaccine or not? You can. And if you decide to choose the wrong option, then people have a right to then judge you, you for get, it. You get punished. Oh, you didn't choose right. That wait, hold on. You so realize you, you realize now you now you can no so so we're killing people. If are you familiar? Are you familiar with the concept? Are you familiar? Are you familiar? Just answer this one question. Uh-huh. Do you care about people dying for losing their health care because they lost their job? Other question. Do you care about the concept <laughs> of a consequence? Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, you're just, hold on. You realize, wait, because you're unfamiliar with some very basic stuff here. So it's possible to be free to do something, but for there to be consequences to your choices. This is how reality and also being an adult works, okay? So we have the freedom to do a great many things with our lives, but they're not always going to be to the liking of other people. Now, I'm a socialist, so the fact that adverse decision-making on one person's part can lead to economic and medical ruin is not something that I like. However, I think it's ironic that you would advocate against taking the vaccine in favor of people's medical rights, when it is, is, it is exactly other people's medical rights that you are hurting by subjecting them to a population that is not fully vaccinated. People are dying because of what you're saying. People are going to the hospital because of what you're saying. They're racking up hospital bills. Yeah, are dying after they get vaccinated. So here's how many here, of them are there? 
you can go to veggieaxis.org to look at the number of adverse effects. How many of those adverse effects that. are death? Yeah, there's multiple years, but Veggie Access is the international version. This is what the World Health Organization uses. I don't. I I can't compare data across countries. We should look at the VARES, the what we're looking at in so, the United States. Why don't you want to look at internationally? So you only want to look at VARES because other countries have other vaccines, other reporting methods, other language. What What do you mean? Okay. Yeah. Gener generally, we, we've been okay, talking about stuff in America. Let's look at the one from VARES. Do you know how many are reported? How many adverse okay. effects? Mm -hmm. Probably billions with how that system works. No, on VAERS. What, what do you mean by billions based on how that system works? Can you how explain, does it work? How do you understand VAERS to work out of curiosity? People report their adverse effects and they need to document like where like the doctor that they, that they look at. Um, they have to list the lot number of the COVID-19 vaccine that they received. They have to but the manufacturer, right? So are you just assuming that this is, that, that there's anti-vaxxers that are flooding this place? Is that what you're assuming? Is it self-reported? Is it self-reported? It has to be verified before it's self-reported. Uh, verified, right? You have, to be, you have to put the manufacturer, right? You have to put the doctor's name, right? Okay, so but is so, is it, so is it self-reported? Is your assumption that it's anti-vaxxers that are flooding this place? I have not said any such thing. So answer, is it self-reported? Oh, no, I know, I know. I'm just asking if this is what you're assuming. No, I don't know. Okay. I've, I've not said that or implied that. So it is self-reported. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can report just about anything, can't you? I mean, you have to put your doctor's name, you have to say, you have to say where you, like, what the symptoms you're experiencing, right? Right, but you can just say whatever, like, the doctor doesn't need to test you to make sure that what you're saying is true. It's self-reported. The doctor doesn't report it, you report it. Whatever you say is what goes what, into the system. What are you implying the motivation of these people are? I'm not, I'm just, just... But you're just, just but working you out the facts with you. They're not experiencing this and then they're reporting this. I'm just working out the facts. It's funny, by the way, you were so concerned with COVID-19 deaths being overreported earlier. And now we have this completely unauthorized self-report system that's not even well, meant to be funny. used to gather data what, for they, sociological they purposes. They've been using this for decades. To make yes, they have. Why they stop producing, distributing vaccines? What do they use it for? How do they use that data? How do they use it? They look at the data and then they're like, okay, there's people that are reporting adverse effects. It's let's let people know or let's talk, let's stop distributing this vaccine. Just any adverse effects. I mean, there have been New many York reports. Times article from 1976 shows when they did that, when they reported, uh, let me see how many number of people reported adverse effects for that. Um, what's that? Are we going to ask something in the meantime? Yeah. What do they use that data for? So I said they use the data to make decisions on whether to stop distributing vaccines. Okay. So why haven't they stopped distributing the vaccines then? There have been probably hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of theirs 
uh, adverse effect reports, no? I can only speculate on why. What are your speculations? Is, and in what relevance is my speculations? Well, I'm curious what you think of it, you know? Do you think they're just charging ahead, you know? Like they're just running on forward, like they don't even care? Considering that our pharmaceutical, our big pharma companies, they buy off our politicians, right? Okay, yeah. Do you acknowledge that that's true? Uh, it depends on what you mean by buy off. But yes, you're alleging conspiracy. That's what I thought. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not alleging conspiracy. This is my speculation. It's not. You're speculating conspiracy. The hill that I'm dying on, my hill that I'm dying on is that it should be a person's choice. Right? It is currently a person's choice. What you're what you're actually talking about is removing others' choices. They have to lose their health care. Do you not care about some of these people that that could die if you, they get myocarditis or you, can get blood clots? Uh, yeah, of course. But I also care about the much, 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 much greater number of people who have died of COVID nineteen. I care about those people too. Oh, okay. But why should this be forced on people? It's not. This. You keep okay. You keep doing this. It's not forced on you. You also have oh, a freedom to call you your, your job. You yeah, and you can lose your job for and saying you your boss the n word. You can do that. You yeah. can you can also not go. You're you're saying that not getting vaccinated. You're equating not getting vaccinated as something offensive. Yes. Is it not offensive that no, 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 could no. have an allergic reaction? Not and then offensive. You're like, oh no, we should get that, and then they get an allergic reaction, and then what happens to them? Harmful, not offensive. There's a difference. Anyway. Once again, you have a choice. What you're talking about is removing the choice of the employer to fire you for making bad health decisions. You're talking about removing their freedom, essentially, and the freedom of your coworkers who don't want to work with dangerous, unvaccinated lunatics. I think that it's the right of businesses to preserve a healthy environment on their grounds by firing idiots who don't make the right decisions for the health of themselves and those around them. This is your opinion. It's backed by a lot of data that we've talked about in this conversation. And I'm backing up a lot of data here that it's not the unvaccinated that are driving the evolution of these different variants. We we haven't even talked about that. You can still get the disease. We but never denied that. In Harvard University, they found that the numbers that are reported in bears are underreported. Okay, what numbers? So this is from October 2000 to June 2006 through to October 2009 on 715 patients and 1.4. What does this have to do with COVID? It's a it's if it was underreported back then, why isn't so why does that for apply 15 now? years later for a completely different why event? Why does it not apply now? Why doesn't no? You can you're. Are you going to tell me why it doesn't apply now? I feel like you should have an intuitive answer to this, but. Given the fact that the COVID-19 is a very novel, unique, and uh, highly temporal uh, event, uh, given the fact that institutions change, given the fact that the internet, which is the current vector for VAERS reporting, has exploded in relevance uh, since 2006, I would say that the differences between VAERS in 2006 and now are so significant that they're essentially incomparable. Like, like it's, you might as well be talking to me about like a different country or like a different institution altogether.
Um, and it's also enough time for the corporations to have gone richer. And right, of course. What, what does that have to do? Do you, do you just default to the same like NPC talking points whenever you don't have anything to say? What about corporations getting richer? What do you mean NPC talking no shit, points? they've gotten richer. Yeah, we live in a capitalist state, obviously. What the fuck? Like, you keep bringing this up like, well, I care about people getting fired. Yeah, no shit. What does that have to do with anything we're talking about? This is the thing that bothers that me. About hold, choice hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. The thing, but you don't target the real issue there, which is capitalism and decommodification. Are you a socialist? Do you believe in a proletarian state? Are you a Marxist? I don't really. I don't really know what to Yeah, I didn't fucking at. think so. So you posture with uh, this anti-corporatist shit, but in reality, what you care about is vaccines. So? No, no, no. Why do I, I have to have a label? I hear this with you guys all the times, you know. You, 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 these you, guys. Yeah, these who, guys. Who, you have, hold on, you have the tough questions at your hands. And whenever you don't have a good answer, you go back to the same talking points. Anti-imperialism this, you know. Anti-America this. Corporations that. But you don't give a fuck so about any of this. you're dealing with a bunch of people and you're not dealing with me. You don't care. You don't have solutions. How would you fix people getting fired? Yeah, and it... are, but that's no, hold, hold on. How would you fix the problem with people's economic well-being depending on corporations? How would you fix that? How is it relevant to the debate about... That's a great fucking question. How is it relevant? I ask you. Would you like to answer that one or should we move back to COVID and stay there? Can you please tell me? Because what does this have to do with the main topic? That's a really... That's such a good question, man. That's such an excellent. Oh God, I wish I knew. All right, tell, tell, tell me then. What? It's an excellent question. Do you do you have an excellent answer for the question I asked you? The question, which I have have no understanding of what relevance it has to this debate. Do you remember the question, or are you just fishing for things to say? The question of what solutions do I have to our economic problems? Yeah, 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 yeah. How how would you how would you address that? discussion on that another time but it seems like you're trying to move away from this topic no i'm trying to keep you from this is my thing you don't have an answer to half your dumb shit covid vax question you know like why the fuck shouldn't corporations fire people and then you bring up like well people get fired in general i know people get fired in general that's how our economy works you brought it up you brought corporations up you brought the pharmaceutical industries up i'm only talking about the medical data here we were talking about vares and how vares self-reporting system isn't a good metric for accurate sociological analysis so how many people have died then yet but not not for sociological analysis the possibility of adverse effects exists for, here's, for here's everything. CDC, CDC document. I don't know if you are here. Awesome to see. So wait, what do you think researchers use various for? You 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 think the CDC is credible? Yes or no? Uh, on some things, you know, they have their moments. Okay, like with their five day, um, five day lockdown now. I think they're probably being fairly motivated by by certain economic uh, economic uh you know um uh compilations uh i don't yeah. know how significant that is exactly i think the main stated reason is that they're trying to get healthcare workers back in the fold quickly which is a fairly admirable mm -hmm. reason and maybe they can't like distinguish between a 10-day quarantine for everyone but a five-day quarantine for healthcare workers I, I don't know there's a lot that could go in there yeah yeah interesting speculations but I sent a CDC document here on page 21. It talks about myocarditis, which shows that they acknowledge that this is a possible risk. We, right? know, so, we know that. There's always a possible risk okay. with vaccines. So then why should, if somebody's afraid of this risk, right, children... Why should they be forced? Yeah. 
because all the other vaccines already have risks associated and we we by your metric we force those two should we not force any vaccine should we just go back to the 1800s what would you prefer huh people should be given a choice no matter what so do you so children children should go unvaccinated up until they're 18 and legally able to make that choice even though child mortality rates would increase that's 10 the, times that's the decision on the legal guardian wait so you think the wait hold on so you want people to be able to make a choice on this but you also think the other vaccines like they should just be forced on you by your legal guardian can you can a can a baby make a decision? Well, well, no. So, so you don't care okay, about autonomy. So why then. are you saying? Why are you saying that the the baby? Like, I don't understand what you're trying to say here. I'm saying that you don't actually seem to care about autonomy. If you're saying that a parent I, should be able to force a vaccine on a child, I mean, it's their decision after they after they look at information. No, it's the baby's decision. A child, a child can't make an informed decision. So wouldn't you wait if for them to turn 18? If they're that young. Shouldn't you wait for them to turn 18 then? I mean, sure, many of them will die, but shouldn't you wait for them to turn 18? That's your assumption. No, no, wait, hold on. If we didn't what vaccinate, wait, hold, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. If we didn't vaccinate... Are If we didn't vaccinate our babies, yes, Many of them would die. That's many, I'm, will, many parents will choose to vaccinate. No, 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 no. You, you're you're missing it again. If you care so much about people's decision to get these vaccines, then we shouldn't have parents force it on kids. Kids should wait until they're eighteen, and then when they're eighteen, they can make the decision to get vaccinated or not. So like, you acknowledge that these negative adverse effects exist. Yes or no? No one doesn't. Everyone knows that okay, vaccines can hurt people. Wait, wait, wait! Don't wait! Don't run away! Wait! Don't don't run away! We're we're almost there. So I wait. Force it on wait! Wait! Force. You're right. We shouldn't force it on people. So shouldn't we wait until people are 18 and then let them decide whether or not to get vaccinated? Because there are That's adverse effects to the measles vaccines and crap like that, right? So shouldn't we let? Like, I mean, it's not like the, it's not like parents don't consult with their. But they're like 15, 10-year-old when it comes to like these vaccines. About 15, 10-year-old, they can't make decisions about this sort of stuff. We should wait until they're until they're 18. That's the only fair way to do it. Now, admittedly... People fall with their parents. Admittedly, millions of these kids will die. But there are yeah, adverse effects. That's just a number you just came up with. It's a like very a, good a, number. Uh, but, so millions but will die. But it's not a real number. It's, it's just something you need to say I Believe it or not, it's millions a real number. You can count up that high if you take the time to. Um, That's not what that, and you know that. If you, so if you care about a person's autonomy, should we not wait for all vaccine decisions to be made by an adult? Why, why would we, so why are you okay with parents forcing this on their kids? Are they forcing it or are they consulting with their kids? The, they're babies. Most of these vaccines are delivered when they're six months old or something. I don't think the consultation... What can do? Huh? What, what can the baby do? Get vaccinated and very little else. Well, that's a baby. Like, people that work these jobs aren't babies. Yeah, right. So don't you think, if you're so concerned with people's individual right to choose whether or not they get vaccinated, that we should extend that right 
to the millions of babies who suffer forced vaccinations every single year. Can you repeat that question again? If you, if you think we should have the right to decide whether or not to be vaccinated, to not have it forced, don't you think we should extend that right to the millions of babies every year who have vaccines forced to them, who were never given a choice, who were never told the adverse effects? Don't you think those babies have a right to wait it out until they're old enough to make that decision themselves? This is a whole other discussion, right? What? We're talking about these mandates that are being forced on adults. Why? Why? So you can force it, you can't force it an adult, but you can force it on a kid? Why shouldn't we? What's a few million baby deaths? We're talking about freedom here. Freedom well, and the right to choose. Baby informed consent? No, so they should wait till they're 18. Okay. So, but an adult can give informed consent. Sure. So, we, yeah. And okay, so, should we, should we wait until people are like asleep when they can't give informed consent, then like stab them with the Fauci ouchie? Like, what, why are you for the baby tyranny? How many times do we have to go over this? The baby can't give informed consent. Yes, yeah, so we should wait. Like, listen, ha listen, all of these vaccines have adverse okay, effects, by the guardians. way. And they're forced on children with no warning, like the kid can't understand. Hepatitis B, rotavirus, diphtheria, tetanus, and accellular pertussis. Tetanus, diphtheria, accellular pertussis, again. Haemophilus influenza. Um, pneumococcal cochal conjugate. Pneumococcal polysaccharide, inactivated poliovirus. How, how do we even know what these are? The kids can't know, certainly. Influenza, measles, mumps, rubella, varicella, hepatitis A, human papillonavirus, and Marin Cochal. Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know what half these are. We, All right, so let's, let's go back to talking about these vaccines. Did you know that these, like, the antibody levels for these vaccines decrease over time? Yep, that's how they work. That's why we get boosters. Okay, so we have to keep boosting each other all the time. Is that is that a euphemism? Are you coming on to me? So you you think that we should keep boosting ourselves all the time? I think we should keep getting booster shots. Yeah. Okay. And you know that the booster shots are only adding more antibodies and not improving the quality of the antibodies. And you know that there's now people, a lot of experts, right? You listen to these experts that are saying that the fourth dose is they're concerned that, that this might cause harm. Uh, this may where? not really do anything. But where? Where is that? Fourth dose New might York cause Times. harm. Can you link it to me? Yeah, yeah. Pull it up here. Uh, I just send it to you. And of course, it's, just, it's speculation. We got we to gotta look at information to see if, if a fourth vaccine will, will even be necessary or not. I thought, uh, I thought we weren't relying on speculation here. No, we're not, but I just want to get your thoughts on this. Well, I think you have to pace out the boosters. If you do them too rapidly, there could be issues, but... Uh, it really depends on what the medical experts say, right? I trust the medical experts to devise 
an appropriate vaccine delivery schedule uh, because it's in their best interest the way st we stay healthy too, you know. Uh, so you know that the booster shots protect against symptomatic Omicron infection for about 10 weeks. There's a study that was in Business Insider South Africa. I'm sending that over to you right now. So should we get a booster every 10, every 10 weeks? That would, I'm not, a, I'm not an epidemiologist. It would be up to them. You don't have to be. No, you, you actually kind of do to be able to make that decision. So look at yeah. information and then make your decision we don't have that information even the article you linked me was speculation we don't have data on what the effects of a fourth like we, we don't have data to look at there also the third booster the third one you know it came out before omicron didn't it i'm pretty sure that it did so like it would it would make sense that omicron would cut through it pretty quickly okay so we just have to keep making new vaccines for people every every couple months that's your solution. Yeah, saving saving lives is a is a difficult and often unrewarding job. But I think that do yes, keeping that hundreds of thousands of people from is, dying. Do, do you think natural immunity can help people? I mean, you have to get COVID to get natural immunity. But after you've gotten COVID, you do benefit for some time from natural immunity. You know, um, but that's like uh, that, that's like smacking yourself in the head with a hammer to 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 you know spite the painkillers, right? I mean, maybe you have that effect, but there's other harm being done. But what if someone wants to just get it that way rather than get vaccinated? They have that right, or just boost their immunity, their immune system by taking vitamin D, which has shown to help decrease your risk of getting COVID nineteen. Well, they have that right to. Okay. But again, they lose their job, they that, lose their health care, which means that they could, their chances of dying increases, right? Well, if they cared so much about whether or not they lived or died, they should have gotten the shot. Uh, anyone who loses I their health care because... Yes, my subjective opinion, backed by the world's medical experts everywhere, from every institution, even in the data you showed me, yes. And um, the data that I showed show that people unvaccinated or vaccinated can still spread it. Nobody argues that vaccinated people can't spread it. You're arguing against a point nobody's making. They don't spread it as often. They don't get sick as often. They don't get sick as bad. They don't go to the hospital as often. And they don't die as often. And the data you provided showed that as well. There's just no arguing around that, you know? If you're like a radical, you know, anti-vaccine mandate, uh, you know, wizard, and you want to die on that hill, then Godspeed, you know? But don't lie about the data to do it. Just say, like, I don't give a what fuck is, how many people die. About the data? You're the one that keeps bringing up, like, oh, I think, I think. Everything I that I've said it. to you here, I have substantiated with links shown to you from fairly reputable um, pieces of data. You're dragging up, like, articles on VAERS from 2006, articles on COVID from 2020. No, more of them are recent, actually. Did I imagine the 2020 COVID article? 2020. Um, I have sources here from 2021. If you want to look at those, to to establish the thing we've already agreed on, which is the high number of COVID deaths, the fact that vaccinated people are less likely to go to the hospital, die, get sick, etc. No, I think we've established this. I just. It, 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 I don't understand what the issue is. More booster shots come out. So what? Get a booster shot. Why not? What's the harm? Like, why not? Are you vaccinated? What's the harm is that people can get 
negative adverse effects, that risk exists. Okay, but you realize that uh, according to all available information, that is the case for every vaccine and getting COVID is worse. You know, what, what's that thing you were concerned about? Mesothelioma? What's the... Israel, with the first country that got the booster, their numbers rose up so much. How about their deaths right or their the hospitalizations? hospitalizations? Mitocarditis, yeah. The risk for mi mitocarditis is higher. Uh, That's one adverse effect. What That's what, one adverse effect out of several others. If we are talking about deaths or hospitalizations, or even just general unwellness, the vaccine is infinitely preferable to uh, COVID-19. Based off your assumptions. Infinitely isn't actually a real number. You're correct in that one. It's a concept. You can't count to infinity. Okay. You caught so me on that one. You're over-exaggerating. I am. I was, um, I was exaggerating when I said infinitely. I will admit that. Um, anyway, just what's the issue? Like, why can't we just get, why can't we just get the booster shots? What, what's up? It doesn't hurt. I mean, it doesn't hurt much. I guess it stings a little bit, you know? It hurt. It would, the reason for why, well, at the end of the day, it's a person's choice. It is. But if somebody doesn't want to get it, it's because it's been, sh it's showing that it's not reducing the spread. It is reducing the spread. We looked at data saying well, that earlier. You're, you're saying that it's reducing hospitalization. Significantly, yes. Not reducing the spread. No, no, it reduces both, but even just reducing hospitalizations is a huge deal, you know. There are hospitals that are filled to the brim with anti-vaxxers right now. Seriously, like, go to any hospital, like, anywhere in America, there are going, there, there will, they will be swamped um, from people who aren't vaccinated uh, or, who are no that's not an assumption that is true the hospitalization rates are insane right now you can look at the difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated people for hospitalization, hospitalization rates. rates for omicron have decreased what hospitalization rates for omicron are less than the hospitalization rates from the original strain okay omicron's only had like a week and a half in the united states we're, we're talking about the rate rate okay Omicron is also supposed to be less likely to send you to the hospital. What does this have to do with the relationship between vaccinated and unvaccinated people? It's like, what's the urgency if it's if the severity of the virus from this new strain is decreasing? I mean, it's only like our hospitals are overfilled and millions are dead. Do you think that the virus is going to be eliminated? Like, we're going to eradicate this See, virus? This is why I think you might be being a bit insincere when you pretend to oh. care about other people's, like, medical well-being. Like, this, this to me suggests... No, like you're just you, like, giving your subjective opinion. Remember, remember what it was like 800,000 people died? You were like, well... How many is 800,000 really? I mean, it's the largest mass death event in American history, but, you know, how much is that real? Like, I don't actually think you care about people's health, you know. What's the hurry to get vaccinated? The why is the vaccine the end-all, be-all solution? It, it you isn't. You, you should also wash your hands. Wait, hold on. How did we eliminate all the other great plagues? The other great plagues, like the, the flu and all that? Like, like like influenza or like or or you know like the or like the polio or like uh you know all the other stuff measles you know like how, how, how do we a different virus from influenza and COVID these they killed unimaginable it's easier to contain wait of course they're different viruses they killed unimaginable numbers i'm talking about in the way that it spreads it's more it's easier to contain the measles smallpox 
because they're not as transmissible as COVID-19. How do we eliminate smallpox? It doesn't spread as much. How does smallpox not spread as much? Do you know how much the difference is between smallpox and influenza? How, and how did we do, how did we overcome all of these diseases that killed millions of people every year for basically all of modern civilization? Easier to contain because they're not as they don't spread as much. How do we contain? What do we do? Was there some technology that we invented that allowed us to single-handedly cut down the infant yeah, mortality vaccine, rate? Yeah, which wasn't mandated on people. Well, people actually, again. It was. You can't even go to so, school if you don't have the range of shots that they typically give young people. It was. It, it genuinely was. What's happening right now isn't unique, okay? You are the oddity. Through internet disinfo, people like you and the idiots who follow you are the modern oddity. Being compelled socially to get a vaccine is just how we overcome plague. This is how our society evolves. This is how we get better. Lessen death. This is us growing past you. You're the unique thing. You're the aberrant right here. Nobody really should care about getting these vaccines. They don't make you any more sick than COVID will. They're infinitely less... Oh, you got me. They're significantly less likely to make you sick than COVID will. You are the actual atypical chronological plague here. I am talking, and I am making a point. But if you don't want to listen to it... what you're saying with evidence... Just keep repeating things. Well, uh, are you vaccinated? It's not your business. You that stodgy about everything? That means that means you. you are, by the way. People who are like you. You don't know that? No, no. People who are like you who aren't are proud of it and they announce it. But when you are vaccinated and hypocritically argue against the mandates, then you go ahead and say, you know, um, well, don't ask me about it. They did the same thing, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Tucker Carlson, they did the same thing. They're vaccinated, of course. Um, but you don't want to lose your true anti-vax followers, so you cowardly deny the answer. Even though, what, what is this, a HIPAA violation? Your vaccination status? Why are you afraid of sharing it? I'm vaccinated. I'll tell you my dick length. What do you want from me? What, are you shy all of a sudden? Come on, just admit that it's to keep your audience in line. You can't prove it. Ah, well, you have me on that. Anyway... Uh, I love you very much. I can't prove that you are, that you are a CIA asset either. Uh, Maybe one day something will be released. Many such questions. Well, I love you very much. Uh, I I hope that you uh, you know keep up with your with your fourth booster when it comes out. And so yeah, one, let's one last one last thing I wanted to show you here. Did you know that? Hit me up. Here's a study. Oh my God, it's not from 2021, but it can still serve as a model, and we can use it to make some predictions of what could happen, right? Study from 2015 on PLOS biology. I can send it over to you. Imperfect vaccination can enhance the transmission of highly virulent pathogens, right? So a leaky vaccine, one that does not stop transmission, can increase the, the evolution of more transmissible versions of that virus. Wait, well, can you link this? Yeah, yeah, I'm sending it over to you. Oops. Imperfect vaccination can enhance... Oh, wait, is this the meme about people being vaccinated improperly? I saw Jimmy Dore talk about this. Um, 
Eventual no, it's not that. Sure. Where it's administered. In oh, like this is the, from 2015. Or the I, I, that was the first thing I told you. Okay, that I'm, was the first thing I told you. That's why I said it can serve as a model. Is there any evidence that imperfect vaccination is taking place right now? Yeah, people are still getting COVID <laughs> despite being double dosed or having boosters. Well, you got me on that one. Uh, here's another one. Uh, vaccines are pushing pathogens to evolve. I got you. Let me send that over to you. Is, is this about COVID or is this in general? Oh, it's just ongoing studies that look at yeah. viruses. So, yeah, what we're talking about right now is the same issue as the right, antibiotics. It can, serve as, it can serve as a model, right? To make predictions based off of information. Really depends on a lot of specifics. So, we're talking about the um, antibacterial, super uh, bacteria kind of dealio, where if you do something which kills 99% of a disease, the 1% that remains is more likely in a, in a sort of evolutionary sense to, to survive. However, right, the issue with that is that this doesn't really, this doesn't really apply to COVID for a couple of reasons. There are already evolutionary incentive structures which increase the likelihood of, um, of uh, new viral strains even with no vaccinations involved, um, which is the reason why Delta and Omicron both seem to have come from unvaccinated people. I think Delta came from Where's India. Where's your evidence that it came from unvaccinated people? Didn't Delta come from India? What was the, what was the vaccination rate in India at the time, chat? I'm not sure, but Omicron didn't come from an, an unvaccinated person. You know that it was detected in somebody vaccinated in South Africa. Detected and then it in, comes in Australia, the... which in Australia, if you're back, people who are unvaccinated cannot leave or enter the country. Detected so in isn't the same as... You, you, do you acknowledge that Omicron came from a vaccinated person? I'm sorry, hold on. Really, really quickly. Because I have to tear into you for this. Okay. You realize being detected in somebody isn't the same as finding patient zero, right? You do realize that you just said some incredibly stupid right, fucking but shit, then, right? But then you saying that it came from an unvaccinated person is you just speculating. Well, so Delta did because India had a very low rate of vaccination at the time Delta came out. We haven't detected patient zero for Omicron. But given the fact that the viral load, which... Uh, allows for the evolution Delta, of new viral strains. Was that, zero? Was, that was that patient zero? Was what Delta? patient? Delta. In what? India. What? Was the person in India in which Delta was first found in, was that patient zero? No, it just developed in India. Okay, so you're assuming that it came from an unvaccinated person in India. In an overwhelmingly unvaccinated place, yes. Okay, so it's a, a, an assumption, just like... Yes, it, that in, is, in that is true. In South Africa, it came from an individual that was vaccinated. What was the... Hold on, what was the vaccination rate in India back then? Hold on. Um, vax rate in India over time. Let me see. Um, as of June 2019, 2021... Only 4% of people in India are fully vaccinated. Holy shit, when did Delta come out? When did Delta strain emerge? Delta strain emerged. It was detected in the US in March 2021. 
So in March 2021, that would have been three months before India even hit 4%. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so you, at the end of the day, you can't conclusively say... Thank you for your, your wise input. Yes, that right? is that is Yes, that is true. Uh, you cannot 100% figure that out. It might have been the incredibly small elite cast of people with access to COVID-19 vaccines early on, as opposed to the over 1 billion people who had no vaccination. I mean, we can't, we can't say either of those conclusively. I never said conclusively. Anyway, um, so I think... And what, if, what do you think? If you want to look into it a little more, um... The conditions which cause the COVID viral strain to evolve and develop new strains are not, to my knowledge, exacerbated by a person being vaccinated. What you, do you want? Think that, well, when, do you think that if we keep vaccinating ourselves, we'll one day eliminate the virus? That's not how this works. No, you, but is this what you think? You keep vaccinating until uh, eventually either the vaccine strain becomes innocuous enough that it's something you can deal with seasonally like the flu or something like that or until you're able to break it off into isolated portions of the world and deal with it there uh but can't this be achieved if people can gain natural immunity also no natural immunity fades quite quickly you can you can get COVID twice over. actually natural immunity can last a lifetime according to it, nature it, it, and it, it can protect you from 23 different variants according to another paper from science it cannot you're free to look into it. You. I can I, you're, you you're, you can show me. You're free to look into it. Does natural immunity last forever? You can Google that if you're you want. Google searching that. I'm showing. I'm providing actual evidence. Here. So far, every study that you provided me either agrees with me or you didn't understand its conclusions. Not really. No, not really. You're just. just you can Google stuff. it. You can go. It's okay. You can. You can Google it. You can. You can find out. Okay. We can't go through every single misconception you have. Just also look up the process by which new COVID strains develop, okay? Because people being vaccinated doesn't seem to be the thing that exacerbates that. There's a higher viral load and a longer lasting viral load in people you, who aren't vaccinated. But you know that this is, that vaccination is not going, like, always, like, continually vaccinating people. It's just playing a cat, it's just playing catch up. It's going to keep evolving. So I'm sorry, is your, so, that the imperfect vaccination is what's driving the evolution. Do you have any evidence of that? That's the paper I just showed you. Which it's the I've already explained. You, you, you can't deny it's possible. You will need something about... No, you you keep saying this. You can't deny it's possible. You can't deny anything is possible, okay? It's literally yeah, non-falsifiable. Yeah, here where it shows that this is how viruses can evolve, right? Not all viruses. There are differences between different kinds of viruses. It's all and very complicated. very transmissible. Right? So it's undergoing an obstacle here from the vaccine, right? I genuinely can't tell how much of this is political bias on your part and how much of this is just the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like, I don't, I don't, um, I genuinely don't I'm know how much you think you know about this. These studies are showing here. You're cherry-picking studies from any time range you can find that already agree many, with your conclusions. A bunch of studies here. If you, the All fact, the fact that you challenged my belief, hold on. The fact that you challenged my belief that unvaccinated people are hospitalized more frequently tells me everything that I need to know uh, about the fact that you don't give a shit about actually arriving at truthful positions. How, out of curiosity, how did you arrive at that tiny, low-population Scotland study as opposed to the literal thousands of other larger, better reported on, and better documented studies? Was it because you thought like it agreed Africa, with your conclusion? Which 6% of the population is vaccinated, even though they don't have a COVID problem? What, what, are, you, what are we talking about? Africa? 
six percent. I'm sorry, I was talking about Scotland. They don't have much of a COVID problem. I was talking about Scotland. This is Scotland. Okay, but that's one place. I can give you another place. No, but I can the, show point, you information the point is, the you ignore. I have the, information oh, here from the UK. I have oh information. From this All right. Group. The but, point is. Is that there is a massive range of available information, which will, which the, will, as is the case, the which is as the case with any subject, you know, there will be outliers in terms of findings. But rather than looking at the consensus and looking at the overwhelming impetus of data, you deliberately grab out anything you can find that agrees with biases that you already have, which isn't actually looking to the science. You know, you know what you're doing. What am I doing? You're you're picking out trade. You're you're choosing trade pick information also. Ah, okay. Well, I'll work on that. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, I do appreciate the call. You know, it's always it's always a good reminder to know that. Um, so you so you don't want to look at the, the, the data from the we've UK looked at everything. Look Listen, Israel, this was from Israel from Worldometer, which shows that unvaccinated mm -hmm. Israel and unvaccinated mm -hmm. Palestine, there is no significant difference there. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, these are this, three, this serves more as a life three, lesson. Three doses, no, no significant. You're just going yet. to talk over? Yeah, okay. It's, at least, yeah. Give us because the opportunity. Give us the opportunity to end with some decency, man. Have a bit of grace, okay? Christ, are you just gonna just gonna chat till I hover over the red button? Come on now. Look, it's been fun talking to you. I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. The, the I I I will continue to look at the data. Thank you. Anyway, I'm glad this is a good. To look at it emotive lesson if nothing oh, else because now now we we all right okay <laughs> shit yeah okay he literally wouldn't stop talking oh my god literally incapable of shutting up jesus christ yeah he wanted a friend there we go oh my god first omicron death was a reinfection yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't uh, 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 care you know um like i said and he wasn't listening, but whatever. Like I said, um, that reminded me of the um, the Jabson Hinkle conversation a little bit, where like the worse things went for them, the more they just kept talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, you know, because they realized like letting me get in any word, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it seems to be like a trend in their groups. Anyway, if nothing else, we learned a valuable lesson that of the people um, that of the people you know dying. Uh, in hospitals of COVID unvaccinated, at least some of them deserve it. Uh, there we go. Um, the dude who got ratioed by his own parents. Yeah. You debated as well as possible. The topic was too boring. Well, the, the problem, the topic's not boring. The problem is that he's boring, you know? Um, like, he'll refuse to make any definitive points. He'll just sort of drag up, like, some study he thinks that he agrees with. Um... And, and and then you know we'll we'll just like look at it, it's like oh well either you will misunderstand this or actually agrees with me he's so like oh okay I'll move to another thing as well and then he doesn't make any definitive statement he'll just ask questions you know what do you think will happen with COVID you know and then if you make a point on him eventually he'll just forget that you made that point like the whole whether or not you're free to not get vaccinated thing you know we addressed that like six times and then afterwards he was like anyway people getting forced you know like it does it doesn't matter like you can do it as many times as you want it will just keep cycling back to the same point. Anyway, there we go. You had him with the baby analogy. Yeah, I do, so real question, okay. Do you um do you think that when I brought up the baby analogy that he legitimately didn't understand it or that he just realized that there wasn't like a win to it? You know what I mean? 
Same when he brought up the pharma and corporations firing that acted like he never did. Oh, God, yeah, okay, if nothing else, the whole Grey Zone Jimmy Dore arc is good, just because, like, calling out the fact that none of these dumb fucks are socialist is so, so, so satisfying, you know? They keep, they posture so fucking hard, you know? Holy shit. Yeah, you just, you big pharma, you just want you people to, you get fired by their corporations, you know, capitalist control of the, and then it's like, well, are you, do you, do you fucking believe in it? Do you believe in a proletarian state? Are you a fucking, mar no, you're fucking not. Fuck off. You're, no, you're not. Come on. You don't believe in any of this shit. Just like a lot of right-wing people, uh, left-wing economic populism is just something that they throw up there briefly, you know, to to sort of distract them from the, the terrible positions they actually have, you know. Is there any saving these people? I know virtually no conspiracy theorists that stop being one. Unfortunately, some people just kind of are too far gone. What was that last study that he was talking about? The, the Israel natural immunity thing? Is this that one study? I know everyone... Yeah, the Israel study shows natural immunity offers 13 times more protection than COVID vaccines, but wasn't this immediately torn apart? I remember that. People were saying, like, well, actually, uh, natural immunity is infinitely better and fixes everything, you know? And then, like, yeah, it was never, it was never even, like, published. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then it got, like, torn apart immediately. Yeah, here, from Astantin News. Uh, natural immunity is no substitute for vaccine immunity. A flawed study from Israel has led to misconceptions about the vaccine's effectiveness. So this is what I mean about, um, selection bias right here. Um, where, you know, in any, in any event or anything that has like a huge range, it was only one dose of Pfizer too for the, for the immunity people. I don't know. Oh, wait, for the, for the people who had vaccine immunity they were comparing natural immunity to one dose of pfizer okay all right and they recommend natural immunity plus vaccine well natural immunity is going to happen either way if you get fucking sick right in any um event or any sort of like broad social thing where there is a ton of reporting and a ton of coverage you know there's always going to be kind of a a natural distribution, more like, I think, more like this, in terms of like what kind of stuff that you see, you know what I mean? So over here in the center, comprising like 99% of data, all right, is stuff saying, get your fucking vaccines, vaccines are way the fuck healthier for you than anything else, you know, like this, that, the other, you know, all this shit, right? This is like 99% of the data that comes out, okay? But at the, at the fringe, you're going to have like the 1% of stuff that is like, actually, the vaccine hurts more than it helps. Actually, you know, natural immunity is a million times more effective, whatever. And the problem is people like that dude we talked to, whose name I already forget, the people like that dude will, um, they'll latch on to anything at the fringes here, even though a lot of the stuff in the center, a lot of the stuff in the middle attacks the stuff on the fringes because it's bad. A lot of the stuff on the fringes is bad research, either politically biased, genuinely conducted with bad information, or it's just had a highly unlikely outcome and isn't representative, you know? A lot of the stuff in the, in the main group tears into this stuff because it's just not good research, you know? But they hyper fixate on this. And a ton of the stuff that we were looking at was just him dragging up. Like he was pulling COVID sources from 2020, my God. Oh yeah, this this XKCD comic. Jelly beans cause acne. Scientists investigate. And then um we found no link between jelly beans and acne. That's the scientist's result. 
And then somebody says, I hear it's only a certain color that causes it. Scientists. And then here we go. We found no link between purple jelly beans and acne, brown jelly beans, pink jelly beans, blue, teal, salmon, red, turquoise, magenta, yellow, uh, gray, tan, cyan. And then we found a link between green jelly beans and acne. See? And then there you go. 95%. Yeah, see, this, this is kind of the thing. So this is talking about like false positives at certain levels of confidence. And the thing is, there are so many thousands of comics, or not comics, Scott. There are so many thousands of studies, articles, reports, papers on COVID-19 that invariably you're going to get outcomes, even if they're conducted legitimately with no bias, and that does happen, that fall outside of the range of like, yeah. Yeah, it's called p-hacking, you know. Um, essentially like, working to maximize a given result within a given confidence range by playing the numbers game.